0: Czech Republic, Czech, Czech, Czech Republic. Very Czech good,
1: Republic. very good. I think we're all here. We're present. We have quorum. What's going on, Danny McMahon? Not much, Joe. How are you? I am. I'm. Oh, I'm good. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that we. Oh my God! Wait a <laughs> second. I, I need a picture.
0: Are you kidding me? This is crazy. Here we go. Hold on. One, two. Oh, let me get myself in it. There we go. Wow, what a bunch of nerds. No, that That's just free bicycle swag. You know, I got mine when I um got my, US, my USAC license. Oh, did they send that to you in the mail? What I don't it? remember if they... Yeah, because they send you... At least they did. I don't think they... Do they send you a card now? I can't remember, but... Mm-hmm. I have the app, and it has everything on that. But... I can't remember if it would, the T-shirt was free or I had to pay like twenty bucks, oh. which I don't, which I'm happy to do because it supports USA Cycling. But sure, yeah, we're wearing the same USA Cycling shirt, but yeah. like a bunch of
1: nerds. That is very, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's very nerdy, very bike shoppy of us right now. You know, mine was a, mine certainly was a free shirt. Uh, it was I, this was from the. At the Cabda Show, the Chicago Area Bicycle Dealers Association show, back in f- February. Which I j- just
0: saw an ad for, or some news mentioned that they're starting up again, or something. They're looking for. Uh, yeah the some, the, the
1: open registration. The registration for the bicycle shops is opened, so you know I can register now. I can. Are you go- Are you going again? Yeah, usually if I'm in town. Uh, I will go. Should for I go? Sure. Would it be fun for me or no? Um, you, I, I bet you would enjoy spending a day there, just walking around and looking at all the stuff. You know, there's a, there's. I can, I can get you a badge if you want to head down. Oh, you know what? If you come down and I'm there, we can walk around with microphones and record people. How about that? <laughs> I did. We nice. did that last year. Remember, I was with, uh, I was with my former mechanic. Yeah, uh, Tom, and we just walked around mm-hmm. and harassed people, I was sticking mics in their faces and stuff. You
0: did some uh roving reportage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was fun. Nobody asked us for credentials or anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't ask for uh They're probably like happy as hell someone's promoting their thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think that I'd have problems getting a, a you know, a badge uh if I, you know, if I needed one or something, but um, you know, some sort of You know, maybe I do ask for press credentials oh let's let's think about this you know i know I mean? it's
0: always like on a weekday weekdays so i it's usually tricky for me but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll just see when it comes up i'd love to maybe pop in for like a, a day
1: just yeah to... it's always during the week so i mean it's like and usually starts like maybe a tuesday or wednesday and then runs through thursday something like that you know you really don't need much more. They they tend to be. It's a. <laughs> You're like that's plenty. Yeah, I mean, there it's a smaller show, so that's a good thing. it's it, they're actually ideal for the bicycle dealers. So it's a uh, it comes for for us in Chicago comes at the ideal time of the year, which is like February, and it's when we need to start ordering things. It's like that's when you know the season, right around the corner. You know, a month away, month and a half away. Um, and, uh, it's, it's about when we want to start thinking about actually buying stuff for the season, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Nice. Man. Yeah. That, you know, the bicycle business has uh, kind of adopted that and as several other industries, you know, these smaller regional shows versus these giant, uh, industry shows that used to take place in vegas you know these these big behemoth week-long you know uh travel shows uh so you know these yeah, these and regional shows have kind of become the um preferred way of doing it because you actually get business done there yeah
0: interbike was uh <clears throat> i i regret never having gone i know you you've been there mm-hmm. um i never went to um it was interbike right yeah. The, the one in Vegas. Yeah. And then I went to the, but I did go to the mega crazy one. Um, and it's in this like little town. I want to say Friedrichshafen or something like that. Eurobike. Duh. Eurobike. Yeah. Um, But you know, I, I had an interesting time going. I'm glad I went, but it was one of those things where like, I don't know if I really need to go to that again, but that was after I probably would go back someday. But the bo- only point I would just make is I can't explain like how big it was. Like mm-hmm. it was like, five McCormick places like it it was insanity like I I went through one part and it took like hours and I was going fast like I was moving through it I just wanted to get a lay the land I was doing some uh, coverage for bicycling when I worked for them at the time Um, but point being like I spent most of that day just going through one section I didn't even realize that there were like four other sections like that so um, yeah how many carbon was, was wheels insane. how many generic carbon wheels do you see in <laughs> that show that was the thing i mean it was just it, it quickly became like there's really cool stuff there and i'm sure great deals are done there and there's like a lot of celeb bike celebs and mm-hmm. not non-bike celebs like they they have like it's really you know it's a very like german thing like they have like uh like a courtyard in the middle and there's like beer drinking and there's like sausage eating and there's like uh, dudes jumping BMX spikes and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, one thing I realized very quickly was like, Oh wow, there's a lot of chaff, you know, there's a lot of just like 18, you know, carbon wheel companies Mm -hmm. like in a row and the tires, the wheels kind of look the same and, you know, and they're kind of like zip knockoffs and, um, head and, whatever knockoffs all those anyway so it it was a very interesting experience but i was also like wow that it's a lot it's a lot
1: yeah since the internet came along you know those shows started taking on less importance you know because you you know things were being debuted almost instantly Yeah. you know manufacturers had a had a direct line to to bike shops and, and the consumer, really, you know, so they didn't really, you know, they, they didn't need a show to debut that stuff. They they were, you know, um, showing that stuff themselves, you know, and and then uh, the, the big thing, the big nail in the coffin for those big shows was when uh Trek and Specialized decided to pull out and just do their own shows for their own dealers.
0: I mean, I, for one, just I'm sure others can relate, but I, for one, got invited to you know a hand when i was doing like the actual kind of cycling journalism let's say Mm -hmm. you know i got invited and flown out to um specialize a few times and i've been to trek a few times which is obviously in my backyard here in the midwest but yeah like they they they're so big and their launches are so anticipated that they have no problem bringing i mean they had trek was flying in people from japan these Mm -hmm. japanese journalists which i knew was a big market for them. Um, but it was amazing. Like they had people all from all over Europe and they would just fly them in, set them up, give them the whole like junket and give them bikes. And, you know, just every kid, like every, the meals, they, they drive them everywhere around. And wow. I just like cruise up in my like Honda civic for like the <laughs> afternoon. I got like a sandwich and a coffee and I'm like, I'm good. Um, but like, you know, I was, I was kind of like, I had been doing a little bit of that other part, let's say previously so I, you know, I was like, okay, once you've done it for a while, you like, yeah, I've had enough, but it, it was amazing how much money they poured into that. But you're right. They didn't have to go to those shows. And yeah. I always remember seeing like, well, like a lot of second, there would be some big tier companies like giant and stuff, but like, you'd see a ton of second tier, and then third tier and then fourth tier. And like, you know, I never heard of like 99% of these companies. I'm like, I've never heard of your wheels. and mm-hmm. Everyone just wants to give you stuff. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. But the more interesting part, Joe, as you know, is the not so secret, not so dirty secret uh, of all those shows is it's such a party for a lot of people for, especially media people. Oh yeah. I, I don't know about like when you were in the bike shop, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. at, like, like a at cycle smithy, but it's, it's really like a huge party. Cause like, they, people walk around they schlep around the floor they may do some stuff i'm sure there's real business happening but when i went like there were certain executives from sram who took us out mm-hmm. and um wow we had some big big nights which i can't believe i even survived yeah <laughs> but yeah those are those are big big parties man I, I think those days are over now but
1: yeah they are you know i mean i, I don't think you can do like you know some of those par- some of those parties were were illegal. Great. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know what they would they would be frowned upon these days. I, I'm kidding
0: about illegal, actually, but like maybe you had some of that, but I, I didn't see that. It was just wild, though. It was like, oh my god.
1: No, I mean, you know, especially like at in in the Vegas days, there was a distributor out of uh, out of Nevada that was just infamous. Like that, getting an invitation to that to that uh, to that party was like uh, you know a golden ticket. Nice. Yeah, you 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 needed you needed to know someone you you know it was like it was a party that um that not like, everybody did was. Chipolini
0: show to. up with his
1: with his entourage. Yeah, that was the kind of party that <laughs> Cipollini would show up, and there would be you know there would be. Well, back in the day, there would be girls there. You know, yes, and, you know all that kind of stuff. All that, kind of, of course, stuff. yes. And so, yeah, that was like a, you know, that was a notorious. Um, a notorious party, uh, in, yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. And getting, you know, I remember when I got my first invitation to that one that was like, yes, I'm in, I'm in the special. I was going to say,
0: it's like you made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were, they were super fun, but, um, yeah, it was more of just like a cultural experience almost like, um, you, you do, know, I
1: do kind of miss that when you talk about your brand partners, they did feel a little bit more like partners back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, these days it doesn't. Some certainly there's some shops that are really tied to the brands, you know, out of business need, uh, you know, business necessities. Um, But that it, I don't, I don't feel that anymore. Back in the day, the, um, you know, the owner specialized would come into the bike shop. You know, I mean, he would come through every year or two. You know, Mike Senior. Yeah. Mike Senior would, would show up and say hello and, you know, talk to the staff and are you selling any Roubaix? Yeah, hang out for a half a day you know hang out for a morning or something yeah how do you I mean.
0: like zerts yeah <laughs> yeah you Got any slime? well yeah. i was just i didn't want to interrupt you but i no. was gonna say like i, I do remember it being <clears throat> again i only went to a handful but mm-hmm. you know i remember it being almost like a pilgrimage like every it was that annual meetup and it yeah. was kind of like you know you'd walk in you see all the old faces like you haven't seen for like pretty much a year right mm-hmm. and they um the part that I loved was Cross Vegas, the cyclocross race they would have there. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it was a World Cup for a little bit, but it was if it wasn't, you know, it was a big race and they flew in all the Euros. You know, I remember like Sven Nice uh, racing that and, oh, it was a- and art and all the top year like it was a huge thing. Then they had the media race and yeah, it was yeah. all the media dudes. And it was like a whole thing of racing. Lance Armstrong race there yeah, one time. I was, I was
1: at the fr- that was the first Cross Vegas. That's when Lance had, you know, that was on his return. You know, he had gone back to, I think crazy. That's, that's when he'd gotten back to racing and he decided yeah. to do Cross Vegas. And, you know, it
0: was I, a, sorry, it was a big like weird thing, but like very Vegas, right? Like as they are racing at night, like it felt like they have some of these races, of course, in Belgium. I'm uh-huh. sure you've seen them, but most of them are, you know, during the day, but um, especially during that crazy Christmas week, but they have one or two that are at night Yeah, and it's a very different atmosphere and people are just hammered oh, drunk, yeah. and they're just like going nuts. It's like a rock concert. And you have these like skinny guys racing bikes around. It was the cool, and- it,
1: it, I gotta say that was, that was a really, really cool night. And I went out there, I don't know, that must've been 2007 or eight or. I don't know whatever year that was that that Lance that that year that Lance was was out there. I mean maybe it was earlier than that, and and uh, there was a lot of buzz because he was out at that because he was coming into town to do that. You know because he was in town to do that race and two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I we traveled big from Cycle Smithy that year, and I I convinced the whole crew to come out. You know with me and everybody was was psyched.
0: There have been a few. I posted the link there. I love the headline, by the way, of this like local paper, Las mm-hmm. Vegas sun. It said Lance Armstrong competes at cross Vegas comma loses to Oregon cyclists. <laughs> 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 but, uh, uh yeah, I, I do, I do vaguely remember watch. I remember watching the stream. So, uh-huh. um, I know Lance finished somewhere down, but I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of uh, bizarre, just a very Americana thing. But yeah. like, but then, but then you had all these like euros there, yeah, yeah. And um, it's Is like it? cyclocross, but it was
1: like on grass. It, isn't it was in a like, park. It was like a, and hot, and it was like a neighborhood park that they did it. Yeah, at, you know?
0: everything. All the obstacles were obviously man made, so mm-hmm. they had like the flyovers and. Yeah, uh, I I kind of loved it for its like. It was, like it just seems like yes, very Vegas kind of thing, and I regret not going. I'm jealous that you were there, but very yeah, it was, cool, it was very to...
1: cool. Yeah, that was a show where we encountered an angry Eddie Merckx because we all had <laughs> we all had some sort of bootleg Eddie Merckx T-shirt that we were selling at the bike shop. I was like, it was like one of these um these messenger bag companies that was printing. Eddie Merckx t-shirts, you know, too. Tim, Tim no, it was, uh, it was somebody out of maybe Fabric course or it, it was some little outfit out of the the East Coast. And they were printing these, these really cool Eddie Merckx t-shirts, which we all had, which we all had. And we ran into Eddie Merckx at the, you know, at the show. It was like, you know, he was at the Eddie Merckx booth, you know, when he had his own when he was still promoting his his bicycles. That's right. And uh and I remember you know one of the kids wanted to get his his shirt signed and you know Eddie's already looking at this shirt like I am not making any money off of these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know he, he he you know to his credit he's like he the kid that I was with handed him a pen and he he, he was kind of frustrated at that he looked at the pen and he's like Ugh, and and he hands the pen back, and then he walks around back, and he comes back, and he's got a sharpie. So like very pro of him, right? right. So he, he, you know he's already been made to go get a sharpie. He comes back, he's gonna sign the shirt, and the guy's kind of like sticking his stomach, like just oh, sticking like sign, on, it, sign like it, sign it, sign <laughs> it. And and Merx looks at him, and he says, "Stretch it." <laughs> <laughs> he's like stretch it, and, and the guy's like, <laughs> he's like stretch the shirt. <laughs> and then Okay. Yeah, that's, of, that's a pretty like, good Eddie Merckx, actually. Yeah. And there was well, also the... it's also a, a show where uh, a sad Johan Museo uh, was was there. Oh, you know, and he had he had a brand of bike, Johan you know, like Museo bicycles, and it was right, made, right, right, right. Yeah, and it was made out of. It wasn't made out of carbon fiber. It was made out of something weird, like, I don't know. It was, it was a corn product. It was some sort of, uh, <laughs> it wasn't corn. It was something else. It, it, it was. Something weird. It like was like some.
0: composite or something?
1: Yeah, it was some innovative, um, it was some sort of innovative product at the time. And he was, he had like two pieces of, uh, uh, of the material and one was carbon fiber and one was his and he, he wanted people to like tap the material so you could hear the noise and, you know, you'd hear the carbon fiber kind of ping, ping. And, you know, he tried to convince you and he was like, Oh, you know, that's what happens on the road is you, you're feeling all the v- vibration. And, uh, um and then you'd hit his, you know, whatever composite his bike was made out of and um oh it was like flax that's what it was made of. it was made out of flax yeah it was made out of flax hm hm
0: carbon and flax preg technology
1: yeah and he you would tap that and you'd hear like a thump like a you know he's like that's what's happening on the road you know it is it is absorbing shock uh very unique properties you know and but nobody was having like nobody was stopping at his booth. You know, I was like, I was oh. the only, I was like the only one there doing his little test. You know, and I was excited because it was yo I'm like, it's Johan Museo. Like this guy is like, you know. Yeah, he's a legend. The he's line a, of Flanders. Yeah, and no, well, you know, nobody, nobody, unfortunately, was was having it from him, and yeah, he was, oh. he seemed a little bummed out, but. You know, I that's, stay I, that's I, I sad. I stayed there and talked to him for thirty minutes, you know.
0: Nice. Well, he seems to be doing great. I I've seen him on TV uh Belgian TV stuff and you see him at the tour and stuff. He seems like he's good now. Maybe he was going through a bad patch or something. He
1: bounced back, he's working and doing stuff.
0: But, uh, yeah, as far as I remember, I I can't remember the last time I saw him, but mm-hmm. it was In the past few years, yeah, I think he was out and about doing some, like, uh, commentary and at least uh, getting, you know, some interviews and stuff. So, um, yeah, so uh, uh, mating high-modulus carbon and flax fibers together, Johan created a frame offering the best features of both materials. Marrying these materials together results in a combination that's greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. The, uh, The fibers of flax placed at specific joints on the frame soak up shocks of the road yeah. through the frame better than carbon on its own, since the tensile steel of the carbon varies between models, along with reinforcement with flax preg capital F. It's trademarked in critical areas. These frames are independently tuned for vibration, damping, and strength. Yeah, it reminds me of Sean Kelly riding those like glued together Vito spikes.
1: Yeah, a really big, He's strong cool. dude on a flexy flexi bike. <laughs> I know, like,
0: probably the strongest guy yeah, to yeah, all yeah. the time, like, on this like glued together yeah <laughs> what could go wrong
1: yeah so what else is going on uh you know just um it's it's really slowed down a lot at the at the shop you know still still a little bit of repair work but it's it's really died down you know i, I can't imagine being like i said being one of these big bicycle shops that has a ton of stuff to sell
0: do you do a year end review like of your business like do you like sit down either with a consultant or uh, an accountant or just do it yourself where you kind of like look back and like how did how did the shop do this year did it do fairly well relatively well like how did it go
1: i think for me it went okay it it was okay it was it was, it was okay to good you know and in, in that i this year i could get bikes i had access to a lot of the bike uh bikes that i wanted and needed you know for um kind of like for special orders you know which is the w- the way that i i work i don't stock a ton of bikes so yeah. you know being able to go to a uh a supplier's catalog and pick a bike that i need and b- order it and get it to a customer in, in a week or, or 10 days you know that's that's kind of the ideal situation for me and this year um i was able to do a lot more you know i was able to do that for the first time in a few years you know, as opposed to the last few years where I've been kind of selling whatever I could get my hands on. You know, this year I could be a little bit more proactive and um, and sell some sell bikes and special order bikes and and things like that. So um, I I think having having availability um, of product helped me a lot. Uh, and then our, you know our repair business was pretty strong again this year. So especially at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall we're we're pretty good. Um, Do you, uh, if, if you had
0: like a pie chart, like a colored pie chart, like how big of a slice would be, uh, I don't know, like service, how big would like sales be? Like wh- what's, what's kind of like just the general breakdown? Is it like half service, three quarters?
1: My shop definitely skews more towards the repair business, at least this year. And in the last couple of years, you know, just because bike availability has been, um, has been bad. But, you yeah. know, and we've, yeah, I mean, it, I could see that number changing, you know, getting skewing a little bit more towards bikes. But, you know, especially as we start selling bikes that are a little bit more, you know, higher ticket bikes, mm-hmm. for sure, you know, so.
0: And um, how are your, you said you were doing a whole new phone system, some installs and like renovation stuff. So what's what's the update, Chief?
1: I won't have phones. I won't have like a, a working phone system until the end of the, close to the end of the month, last week of the month. There's a porting process. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, you know. Like nope. the, so, you, you know, technically you own your phone number. So the phone number that you have on your phone, you know, if you like that number. Um, you know, you you can, it belongs to you and you can move that to another carrier with you. I have, you know, there's obviously, um, I have equity in the that phone, my phone number at this point, you know, it's been my phone yeah. number for 15 years, so I don't want to lose that. Um, and I'm switching carriers or, you know, services this year. Um, so they, they, you know, they, they have to, uh, my new carrier asks for, I have to sign some paperwork and then they go to my current carrier and go and grab that number. And my, what is going to be my former uh, services has to release that number and it's going to mm. take a couple of weeks. So, you know, not, yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's it's just technical stuff behind yeah. the, you know, and uh, it's fine. I'll make do, you know.
0: So until then, like if people go to your shop website or whatever, mm-hmm. they call it a number, what, what happens?
1: right now they're getting a message and it's directing them to like a I have an alternate phone number right now gotcha. or if they need to reach me 588-2300 uh, That's it. That's that's uh, that's the one. And uh or you know I, they're directed to reach out on social media or you know some
0: Oh, I love it. Old school, like call the bike shop. Hey, and then you get this message. Hey, hit us up on Instagram.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. it. Yeah, yeah. It. Get us on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, here's a phone number. You can reach us and leave a message. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, luckily, you know, it's not the busy time of the year. And yeah, uh, and people have been taking advantage of that. So, I mean, I, I don't feel like we're completely, these days, most people are pretty connected in, w- in one way or the other. And, uh, yeah. you know, if they really need to get in touch with us, they they do. And this new system is going to be great because I can pretty much take bike shop phone calls anywhere I am at any time I can text the customers. I can send them pictures of their, you know, broken rear derailleur and request uh, you know, okay to, to fix it. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited uh, about making this switch. So. Nice yeah. man. Yeah. Clearing out the bike shop right now, just uh, like, started some heavy duty pruning and cleaning at the shop, you know, things like like
0: a, like a gut cleaning, like,
1: yeah, yeah. Like every, like, I hope at some point, I hope by the end of this month to go through every single parts cabinet, every little drawer, every thing, and just clear the, clear the decks and put everything, you know, like find a home for everything, you know, do you got
0: your, do you got your label gun all fired up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to do that. You know, I think once we kind of sort through things and see what we need to put away, I will get some new organizational, you know, some new organizational tools, you know, some shells and pull out cabinets and, you know, install some, get some uniformity in there, you know, something clean. And I, I, I have, um, like over the last, I don't know, you know, over the last 15 years, really, since we've existed, I've, um, uh, you know, I've inherited bits and pieces of various bicycle shops, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, or bought, you know, uh, parts bins and various things from different bike shops, a lot of useful, you know, parts and, uh, bits and pieces and, and, um, well, usually when I've gone to these bike shops to buy something, you know, like some sort of tool or, or something, um, inevitably they'd give me a, a, a little chest full of bits and pieces, which were, which were appreciated, you know, like cool things. You can't buy these things. You know, they're just something that someone's been collecting for little pieces that someone's been collecting for, you know, for 30 years that when the right person comes in it, you know, like you make his day by being able to give him that little piece, you know? And, um, you know, I've, I keep them. I've been holding on to these pieces, and some of these drawers I haven't opened since they were given to me, but, um, you know, there's others that that I go to kind of often, and uh, I I feel a little bit of an obligation to hold on to some of this stuff because, Mm -hmm. like I said, every every once in a while there's somebody that comes in, and having worked at that shop that has everything, you know, having worked at shops that we are the shop that everybody else sends People too, because they might have that piece. Like, I, I'm kind of that shop in my area right now, you know? And, uh, yeah, you are. And I enjoy, and I, and I like that, you know? I'm, I'm like, that's like one of those things that I, I see as an obligation, you know? And, and I, I kind of want to make my name on that, you know, being able to help someone, someone with an odd part. But with that comes, it comes with being a really messy shop because I have a lot of like random bits and pieces. So I just got to wrangle all this stuff together and somehow organize it. If I, well, if I, I want to do it. So
0: if you want a consultant, mm-hmm. uh, Marie Kondo, if you will, I've <laughs> um, let, let me know. Cause Sarah is up to the challenge. She really? might be, I have to ask her, but she's, she would be perfect. Mm-hmm. You can, pay, you can pay her in paella. Um, she is uh, a whiz. That's I'm not kidding. She's, she's, kind of an expert at organizing.
1: Yeah, well, you know, like she could go pro if she wanted to. I'm not kidding. I just got word that one of my aces is coming back for the holidays. Uh, little Ian, little Isa oh, is coming back for out from out west for winter break. So I hope that she's going to be hanging out. You know, help me on the on the weekends because she also has a little bit of that. She's got that good kind of crazy where she could just sit at a table and sort for f- five hours straight. And
0: she does those like five thousand piece puzzles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. And she finds... You can great, call her... We should call her the professor.
1: She loves it. And she, lo- she you know, she, like, just really enjoys the process. So, you know... Yeah. Maybe you can
0: get one of those. You could probably even get them secondhand. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, like, Ikea and other... I'm sure there's a million places online. But just those, like, um those, you know, those little organizing things where it's, like, all these little tiny little drawers. You pull them out. You know, they have yeah, little, yeah like window covers, but you have like all your different because it's a ton of screws, right? You have a bunch of bolts, oh, screws, just washers, all sorts
1: of stuff. Yeah, bearings like and
0: oh, everything, bearings, uh, drill bits, like hardware, hubs, and, oh, and, oh. and nooks and crannies, and everything. So it's like I can imagine like a, a good size of that, and then just like label each one. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely gonna be a challenge, but hey, it sounds like a good winter project,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost, a, it's almost it goes hand in hand with the redesign of the store, you know, like just the process that we're going through right now, I I can incorporate that into the actual design of the shop because I'm going to need a lot of wall space and I got to figure out, you know, how to do all of this stuff and fit everything in this small shop. So, um, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it right now. You know, it's just, it's nice to see this stuff happen. So
0: now do you, we talked last year about this a little bit do you still have designs on opening up and using that space next to you or what's what's the deal with that because you were you were you were flirting with the idea of possibly opening it up i think possibly is like a fit studio or or some other thing uh any any ideas on that or is that just uh no no that it's
1: i Certainly want to make that area usable for us. Mike be able to lean on that space a little bit more. Maybe put a, a workshop in there and um, and this, and this fit studio, it also has to house all my back stock and I, I want to keep all my repairs in there. I, I want to declutter and, and take a lot of the pressure off of the, uh, off of what is our, the main shop right now and kind of take that over to the, to the other space. So uh, I'm liking I'm liking how empty the the new shop is and how airy it is and I want to kind of keep it that way.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it was a very time consuming thing where you guys had to move a bunch of bikes around every day and I understood you had like only so much space. But are you, you, you going to use the next door space uh, to to leverage like you know some of that kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like where you had like all the rental bikes yeah 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 i mean
1: that's that's what it is it's just like turning that into you know something that's just uh more than a storage space like an actual like you know a a space that we can actually do some where we can actually do some work and um and just lean on a little bit more it just has to work harder for us you know it can't just be a you know a place where we keep a lot of useless stuff And, and right now that's kind of what it is you know there's a there's a lot of stuff in there that we don't need and uh, a lot of old bikes and things like that like I, yeah I just got, you know i just got to get rid of i just got to get rid of projects there's a lot of projects there and um you know we've been holding on to some bikes that, that uh, i don't know what we've been holding on onto these bikes for i think i think in the back of our minds we were gonna you know fix them and sell them or something like that you know they're mm-hmm. just some cool old bikes but i've decided that a lot of those uh, I'm probably just going to throw up on eBay and, and allow somebody else to restore the bike or do something with, you know, there's, there's somebody with some time, you know, we'll focus yeah. on, on the bike shop and, uh, you know, there's cool stuff. There's a lot of really cool, like really, really cool old bikes, but, um. You know, I don't I don't I just don't have time for projects anymore, you know? Yeah,
0: I think like one is cool, like mm-hmm. the botecchia, you know, something fun like that, like a nice, cool, mm-hmm. like really nice one. But like I, I think I agree. Um, I was just gonna say, I recently walked by a store, I can't tell you where it was, a bike shop. And I noticed the thing that just like struck me was um it was kind of a classic uh shop in that like big glass windows, uh glass windows and you know on either side and then like you walk through like the middle to like the door was like set back you know 10 feet or whatever and so it kind of had like that old toy store candy store kind of facade mm-hmm. almost but what what it, what what i remember thinking as i was going by it was so the store was open actually i do remember the store but i don't want to say it um the store was open and it was like middle of the day and it was like everything was kind of like nice looking, but it was so dark. Like someone hadn't really thought about what it really looks like. Like I got the impression that someone's just been running that place for so long. They kind of forgot to have some curb appeal mm-hmm. as they say in, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like the two bikes, they had one bike on one side and one on the other side. Just these, like, I think one was like a, it wasn't a fixie, it was like, yeah, I think it was like a BMX bike. Um, and then maybe the other was a fixie or like a hybrid or something, but they were kind of hanging nicely. It was kind of dark, and both bikes were like black, so I was just kind of like going by and I was like, everything, there's nothing colorful. Like, I would, I like a black bike, I have no problem with the black bike, but in terms of like display you know first of all i put some lights up there shine a little light put like a cool fun like i don't know candy red bike or a yellow whatever it's yeah. just, just something but it looked it didn't look inviting as the point like at all and it had some like older stuff i don't i don't know what it was like some like little helmets or whatever mm-hmm. they were clearly quite dated and I know yeah. not every shop can have, like, the newest cool stuff, but do something with it. It didn't feel like a shop I wanted to, like, run into and be like, take my money. You um, know what?
1: My my shop does not feel like that at the moment. Like, And it's been, like, probably the last three... I mean, you know, I mean, we really got hammered during COVID. Like, there was no time or room or space to do anything during that. And then, you know, just coming out of it, the shop was so beat up that it's like oh man what i mean we really need to like you know like we just need to to tear everything down and start start over again you know in a way um and so like this is the first this is really the first chance that we've had to do that and like the deeper i get into the more excited i am actually about about the the process you know because i walk in it's cool it's comfortable it's it's the shop but but yeah, I recognize there's nothing, you know, it, it's not reflective of how I feel, you know, about about the about about the business right now, and, and I'm certainly a lot more excited than the bike than the bike shop looks at the moment. But I, I knew that, you know, I've known for the last year, year and a half that, you know, I didn't want to just throw a little that I it couldn't just be a little bit of lipstick and rouge. Like I actually have to rebuild the. The shop a little bit in order to display things the way that i need to display them and i knew that you know it was going to take time and a little bit of money and um you know it was just that it was going to be a big project uh once i started and yeah i mean it it, and when i say a big project that it's going to take a lot of my time right you know money wise too i mean it's going to take a little bit of money and i, I love being involved with the design and i like building the displays but you're, you're,
0: i was gonna say you're pretty diy yeah, yeah. You, uh, I, you can run to Home Depot or wherever you go.
1: Yeah, I I like that. I I like it. You know, I mean, I could just go out and buy displays and stuff, but like I I'm really looking forward to getting into the welding shop and building some displays and making some really custom you know, just creating some cool custom stuff um for the shop and um, cuz I think your
0: your the facade of your shop is is actually very inviting. It's mm-hmm. very it's very inviting. And, um, you know, I I love the logo, the sign, like it's, it's a very inviting place, but I I would say from, from the outside curb appeal vibe, I would say I like when shops and I, and I know this isn't easy, so I I don't mean to say just do it, you know, kind of thing, of course, but like, Mm -hmm. I like shops that have like new bikes out front. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking about like nice weather, obviously, but like, I like when they have new bikes out front. I don't need like 50 new bikes, but Mm -hmm. like, And maybe they don't have to be brand new, but like newer bikes, I don't want to see like old service-y bikes. I feel like maybe some could be out there, but like the emphasis, your eye should go to, you know, designers always talk about where your eye goes for things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like the rule of thirds for photography and all that kind of stuff. But like your eye should go to like stuff that's great, right? So I'm just thinking like some some nice newer bikes or new bikes out front. Um, I think having some cool stuff in the window um as well it could do could do uh could do the trick i, I don't know what stuff like it's kind of cool having a vintage bike because i i'm biased toward that but maybe if it's even like some cool mannequins with helmets um not not cheesy ones but it's like you have good taste so like do you know dress up dress up a cool mannequin, mm-hmm. or or you can just have one of your employees like stand in the window. I would do that to them. You know that you know me.
1: <laughs> I do, I, and you I, would fucking I, do I it. I would totally do it. I'll like stand
0: there. Poor just coming back from Velasquez. She oh, has no
1: idea what's in store. She, she's already kind of robotic. She would have, happily. Are you, are you familiar with this MPV or non non, non <laughs> NCP? Uh, movement on TikTok and some of the different various play- I'm what not is?
0: on TikTok but I haven't heard it what I'm is not,
1: it I think it's a non-controllable player it's a it's this, oh. it's this thing where you know like a, like uh you know in video games where you have those yeah. people in the background they just they perform the same movement <laughs> You know,
0: they're just kind I'm of, just thinking of break dancing, like, you know, yeah the
1: robot and, <laughs> and apparently kids are, are making like thousands of dollars, like you know, they'll spend hours at, and in the wrong business, Joe. Oh, I yeah, yeah, I was born at the wrong time. You know, I wish I would, we had a wish we had a gif of what you just did oh, for the all, folks. All day long I would be in uh, yeah, you, you know, hear about these like ten year
0: olds opening boxes for millions of dollars. Yeah. But I, I think that would be cool. And then my third thing, Joe, mm-hmm. is um a nice uh, drinks cooler yeah
1: that i'm excited about it yeah yeah
0: very, something very nice like i don't mean like expensive necessarily mm-hmm. but just something nice that is very inviting and prominently displayed in your shop so when i go into your shop like i know you you know me and you know i, I can go help myself to tap water but beyond that i don't think there's like drinks for sale right so no. like i think and it's been a glaring <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, it's not been... A bi- I'm not a business consultant yeah. but i think you have lost money by not just you know go to costco or wherever you go and stock up with gatorades uh waters etc cetera, etc cetera. and like uh, i don't know if you need a permit or a license for that stuff but like i think that is just a cash cow because people come in even when they're just waiting in line it's mm-hmm. like let me just grab a walk. People just want to hydrate. It's a bike shop and they've been at the trails or all those hot summer days. I digress, but those are my three top tips.
1: (laughs) It's been a glaring miss on, on my, on my part, not to have one of those. And I was actually very close to having one maybe six or seven years ago, eight years ago, you know, like I was ready to move one in and then the turned out the compressor was bad in it and then i just i never went back you know i never went back at it and
0: because i don't uh, see any downside i mean do you need a special permit can you just can you just go buy like you could probably get a secondhand one on like marketplace right and yeah i just want to stock stock it up with like put some cool like fun stuff in there get Mm -hmm. some like fresca and tab and Mm -hmm. um (laughs) orangina
1: (laughs) just just say european like the
0: the mexican coke is big Uh, right yeah the Mexican Coke, get the American Coke mm-hmm. to keep our patriots happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get and then get all the Euro trash shit, <laughs> like get the Euro Fanta and whatever. Um, yeah, there's a there's it, a man. drink called Lucasade, which is huge in Ireland. People drink it. It's kind of like something like a Gatorade, but like better. It's fizzy. Hmm. Anyway, I think if you get some like, and then it's from Spain. Go get like the weird stuff you drink there, and just like stock it up. I think. I think that would be a cash cow, dude.
1: Yeah. I'll, you know what? I am. Uh, and I'll call it the, the Dan McMahon <laughs> Memorial Cooler. I have a picture of you bike racing. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I am. I'm going to do that. I'm going to call it the Dan McMahon Memorial People will Cooler. People be
0: like, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that would be a good one. You don't need to go like crazy, but like yeah. keep it simple. And then like, um, I think of like keep half of it or a third of it water, but then like, uh, load up on that other guy. I I think you I don't know.
1: I Yeah, think you know my you my, would sell man. My sister sells my sister has a uh like a pet store, a dog like kind of a pet boutique. She oh really? A, yeah, she owns a pet boutique and and um she started like over the last year or so she she started selling some candy at her front, you know, like at the front counter. And, For humans? Yeah, human like human candies. Um because she was I don't know, there were a bunch of kids or something that were... I, I think she started off with drinks, and these kids were coming in and buying soda. And she she soon realized that these kids were coming in and buying soda because their parents wouldn't allow them to have sugar. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> There you so go. They were sneakily. It was like they were coming in and pulling their money together, and they were drinking pop. You know, it was yeah, like the like ga- the gateway drug. It was. And so she were they like, just
0: school kids? I, I, so I was a teacher, as you know, for a long time, and yeah. I remember like the school kids. They would go to some of these places, like places that you wouldn't think of going to for like a cold soda, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, because it sold like shoes or whatever. Yeah, but you know, the the owner like had some savvy. He's like, well. I know these kids would never come in here otherwise. So, the next like bodega is like three blocks down. Yeah, they've only got a ten minute break, so they can come in here, like did that kind of thing. But that's really
1: cool. Good for your sister. Yeah, that where, was good... where. Where is her place? What suburb? This is the place in Brookfield. So she's oh, okay. In, she's in Brookfield, and she also owns another place in downtown Lagrange. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's quite the little entrepreneur herself.
0: So. Yeah, but I I think if you put it. Somewhat prominently, where mm-hmm. you kind of can't avoid it. Like, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, I'm just going to put it right like at the this. front. Like, I I just want to be like, yeah, give me one. Especially, you know, you, you know, you can charge a you know a fair price for it, but I assume like you make crazy margin on that because you can go to Costco or wherever you buy your stuff and just like lo- stock up, right? Like on Gatorades and this and that.
1: Yeah, there was an early time in the bike shop in in the in the history of the bike shop, like in the first year or two, especially when things were slower, where I was. I was, you know, I was making coffee and doing some pour overs for customers. You know, I had that oh. kind of, I had that kind of time, you oh, know. Oh, like so, a Rafa store. Yeah, yeah. So people would come in and they, you know, they were, it was a winter. So I, that, that, especially that first winter, I had zero real business, truly, true, true business, you know, but I had people coming in and hiding from the cold and, you know, the people that were mountain biking. And I actually, some of the, some of the people that were hanging out that that first winter are customers to this day. And I think partly because those first couple of years, they just kind of hung out and talked and they became friends of the shop. Um, but yeah, we would make coffees. And I remember we were looking for like really, we were very close to pulling the trigger on a very expensive espresso machine You know like handmade espresso machine out of out of uh seattle or you know somewhere in washington something it was called the um was it something rocket the slayer Slayer. it was called the slayer and uh really 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 cool um you know one at made one at a time custom made espresso machine but uh Hey, I came came to my senses. (laughs) Yeah, I I could see
0: these like freezing cyclists coming in. Like Joe, pour Mm -hmm. us a coffee and tell us a story. Oh,
1: it was exciting. Um,
0: I think you could get some energy drinks in there, some coffee drinks. Mm -hmm. Good times. Um, Well, that's cool. So, what in your mind is like the the date you have to be ready for business in twenty twenty four? Like, do you have like a do you have like a time? when you feel like every year that you, you pretty much have to be rolling and ready to go? Like, is it February? Is it March?
1: Um, you know, I think that, so that Cab, this show that we were talking about earlier, that takes place in mid-February. And, you know, I, I said like the season's right around the corner. So, you know, by that time, it's not unusual to start getting some very early tune-ups start coming in and maybe even people poking around and talking about new bikes and stuff. But by March, all hell can break loose. You know, if we have those first, if we have a, you know, in March, you know, in Chicago, you can string together 360 degree days, pretty, you know, it's not unusual. It can happen. And if you do, we're off and running. We're off to the races. Like the season, you, you, the season can get started that weekend, you know, like that, that week you can get a little bit of a rush and it, it just puts cycling in people's minds, if we have gray and cold and snow, then, you know, the season might not start until May, you know? So, I mean, that's how finicky people are and the public is. And, I mean, you'll you'll always get the cyclists. So, you know, people who ride bikes will always start thinking about bikes early and getting their bikes in for tune-ups. I'm talking about like the the masses, you know, I'm talking about the average guy and, uh, and, and, you know, that's why the weather is so important to us. So if we, if we have good weather in March, our season's off and running. If we don't have good weather until May, you know, we won't, you know, it, it could be a bad year just because of that, just because of we, you know, we kind of lose the early spring. We, we'll see what
0: Boxa Tony Phil has to say on Groundhog Day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it i I'd say sometime in March you know I like to be ready I like to be ready by that time so you know so so you basically have uh most of this month November December
0: January, mm-hmm. February mm-hmm. so you
1: got like you got like four about four months yeah yeah we're often a a good start you know like goes, I said, goes it goes pretty fast, huh it goes super fast you know because then you have the holidays you have yeah you know you have snow and cold and you know fortunately we're it's still pretty easy to be moving around but you know mm-hmm. you'll get those days that are just kind of You can cancel out a whole week in Chicago just because of the weather and things are lousy and, you know, gray and holidays and all the rest. So, yeah, I mean, I I would take it easily a month out of that. So I was going to say, yeah, when you break it down,
0: you're probably looking at like three solid months, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still working. So it's like, you know, there's still, you know, the weekends people are still coming in and stuff. And, you know, hopefully you still get repairs and things going in. So it's not like it's just that's all you're doing. You know, you're kind of working around those things. So, yeah.
0: I, the other thing I have, um, and maybe you have a different take on this uh, through all your experience, but the other thing I'm just being selfish thinking of what I like when I go into bike shops, even if it's not for high end, like fancy bike stuff, mm-hmm. but, but like, and I don't know if you have the space or if it's even doable, but one thing I, I like is, well, it, the 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 principle would be kind of like having a lot of like, I don't want to sound like buzzwordy, but like empowerment, like I, I want to be able to, I want to feel like when I go in, like I have a lot of power, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like purchases and like what's available, I feel like some shops are like, you can't, you can't tell what anything costs. Uh, you don't know how much anything is going to be for service. You know, it's kind of like this mystery meat. Mm -hmm. kind of thing and you're like um you know and then you almost sometimes maybe you feel intimidated like we talked about that idea before some people feel intimidated at bike shops like you might feel dumb asking like how much is a new chain or you know Mm -hmm. whatever um point being is that and i know we talked about this too especially when i was in colorado but i like places that list very very clearly on a very nice board even if it's just handwritten in chalk but like Not you, obviously you can't put every service, but like their top, you know, 12 services or whatever. So the different kinds of tune-ups, I think you have something like this, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, You know, different kinds of tune-ups, like a flat, a new tire. I mean, you know, I love when that's kind of there. I feel like it puts people at ease and it makes them feel just kind of a little bit relaxed almost. Some people are just very blunt and they come in and are like, how much is this? You know, but I think some people like different personalities, like they like to feel one that you're being very transparent mm-hmm. um, as, as a shop owner to them. And they're not getting like fleeced. Like, you know, we've all been to the mechanic shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. is this going to be a grand or a hundred bucks? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, um, so I, I kind of love that. I really like that idea is like having that up there. And then the other thing I was just going to say is um, something where it's like, like, I think you do this. So you, you list the brands that you carry, um, which I think is great. Um, I like too when there is a little bit of a, like a little bit of a display or a stand, a kiosk, whatever it is, where it's like you can flip through like the current catalog for that brand. Let's say Surly or Cannondale has mm-hmm. their you know their can their yearly can uh, and um, catalog. I don't know if they break it now down by seasons or or what, but like. I always kind of like that. I don't know if that would be interesting to most people, but I like having the current catalog for like those brands. And I kind of just like to flip through them. I know a lot of people now just do it online at home or on their phone or wherever, but I don't know. I kind of like to be able to like sit there and just kind of flip through some stuff and then like ask you questions like, Hey Joe, like I really like this hybrid. It's, it's pretty cool, but like I can't imagine spending two grand for a hybrid. Like what's better than this one? And how does it compare to this thing? And I don't know. I I just kind of like having something tactile, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Even if it's like a digital kind of display thing, like you go into the truck stores. And one thing I like about what they do, I'm sure you've seen it. They do that thing where you stand in front and it takes your size. Mm -hmm. Have you seen these? So it's about the, height of a door and
1: yeah, like, you put your crotch on it like you know, it comes <laughs> yeah. up your crotch and you stand there and it takes your height and all that mm-hmm. yeah it, it's all like lasers like digital oh this one's a laser oh well, i haven't seen yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah
0: if you if you i forget what they call it trek fit or something mm-hmm. if you if you google it you'll find it in a second but um no you like stand back and then it, you click a button and it says okay three seconds and it goes three two one and then it takes a picture mm. and um it yeah it, it gives like a. Someone actually at a Trek store once told me it's not very accurate. Um, but I think it's a good general guide for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, and I might even say you need something like that. But the point is, like, they had something that was kind of, like, independent. And I had—I felt like I had some ownership and empowerment where I can kind of go up and, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a good size for me. I, thought, I always thought I was a large. I'm actually a medium or vice versa. Um, anyway, I just kind of liked some of these things. Maybe I'm just, like, I like the new shiny thing um like a dog but um i kind of like some of these things i like the list of prices um just the more transparency i feel like the better um
1: and yeah i, I think i need to add i i think i well it's not that i i am going to add more of that and, and it's more so it's also to help just some of the younger staff understand some of those things a little bit better you know that's part of the new pos system too and you know just being able to update our price list and create these, um, service packages, you know, people like packages you know, like when you go to the car wash, you know, there's a car wash, B car wash, C car wash, you know, the, the, the the, I want
0: the undercarriage on the armor on the yeah, tires. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know what it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's a science, you know, you, if you present people with three of them, most of the time they go with the middle one. You know, it's like when they they ask you, you know, what which, which wine do you want? You know, you don't get the cheap one, but you also don't get the most expensive one. You get the one in the middle, right? And and so, um, you behavioral know,
0: that's, economics kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, that's just it, it's something that people are also very comfortable with, and so I have to create these things. You know, I have to create these these. Basically, I have to create this outlandish package, which, which is like an overhaul and all sorts of stuff. You know, there you'll see it. You'll if you if you poke around at some of the better bike shops, they usually offer this five hundred dollar tune up. You know, this overhaul mm, where it's like oh yes, free tape and you get your. You know, you get a new drivetrain and you get... State you know, tartar on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get all sorts of stuff, but it's like $500 or $600. I mean, it's like a crazy price to it. And then there's like a basic tune-up that's like, I don't know, you know, you name it $100 or whatever. And then there's right. one right in the middle. And then, you know, that middle one is usually... Somewhere around hovering that two hundred dollar, one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar range, right? <laughs> and so you're just like, wow, man, if I could to get those two hundred dollar packages, that would be fantastic. You know, it's it's more than a tune up, but not the overhaul. And um, you know, some places call it the yearly. Some people call it, yeah. and, and, You know, they just have a bunch of different names. And, the big daddy, yeah. And depending on the on the market, you know, and and what you'll support at in that place, and so. Yeah, we're, we're looking at all that stuff, you know, anything to kind of, um, and create value for, for customers too. You know, I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of customers that are just used to asking for the tune-up every year, but I would say maybe 10% of all the, the, the actual tune-ups that I, that I took in this year actually went out for what the tune-up price is because most bikes need something, you know, they need a tire, a flat tire, a cable grips, a saddle. You know, sometimes all of those things, brake pads. You know, yeah. So. I, I
0: tweak, I tweak my bike like once a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With something like, even yeah. if it's tiny, like you know.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's you know very rare that I that it goes out just on that you know the base tune-up price. So you know, just creating create these little you know these little packages that kind of make people feel good about doing something nice to their bike. You know, so. and you'll throw
0: you'll throw in a Gatorade. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: One thing I thought of, you know how you know what I like is you have that. It's super simple, like uh-huh. some, something we might not even notice or talk about. But you know, you have that little um, that little thing that has the Presta valve and the Schrader valve. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great. It's nice and simple, right? Like anyone can understand it, and people are, you know, they don't know the words Presta and Schrader, mm-hmm. but you show them, they're like, oh yeah, the little thin. Bike they point. One they that, love to point. Then, <laughs> yeah, and then the car. I have that one. The car one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great, right? There's nothing, that's like a perfect thing. I think a, a similar thing that I thought about a second ago as you were talking, if you had uh, built something similar, so you can just like toss it around, uh, leave it on the counter or whatever, for tires, for tire wear. Hmm. So you have a new tire and just like cut like a strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have a de- de- defective tire and you can just like cut one up. So you just cut like a few inches. <clears throat> it's like, all right, this is what a new t- tread looks like, a new tire. And then do like a very worn one, which I'm sure you can get very easily from your garbage bin or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And be like, that's what a worn one looks like. And then like one in the middle or maybe even like four grades, gradations, but like have like a middle one. I don't know. I feel like when people come in, I don't know. If, is that something that happens a lot? You get a lot of people like, asking about their tires, or are you actually saying to people, "Oh, look at your tire by the way, like this is pretty worn, it could be like bad traction, you could get flats, it could dry rot, et cetera et cetera i, yeah. don't know. I just thought, I just thought something like that could be like a very neat easy simple visual
1: yeah it you know what I, it's something that um that when i when I have the opportunity to take a tune up in it's something that i I try to catch. And that I can talk people through. I've been. I'm trying to create tools for my junior staff to kind of use and to lean on, and so that they can show the customer. Because sometimes the customers with the with some of these younger people that are not sure, you know, it's like they don't take their word for it. But I think if they can show them that you know if they can explain to them so yeah it's we're, hard
0: it's hard to argue and yeah. i don't mean in an angry mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to debate like oh well that's that's a worn tire there's no tread on it
1: yeah it, it also helps to display the tires like on a rim you know, like to have a tire and say, you know, this is what your tire would look like on your bike and, you know. Oh, yeah. So, but it's hard,
0: it's hard to go back, right? It's like, yeah, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think it, yeah, you're right. I mean, having having those displays, having those tools to to use helps a lot. It helps both ways. You you sell more, but you can also explain to the customer a little bit better. That that little chain checker tool that that we use, you know, like we try to encourage the 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 kids when they're taking in tune-ups like you know we run them through the, it takes a while to be able to sell service and labor you know to to know what you're looking for so we, tr- we try to hammer them on it and then it's funny because once they get really behind it once they find something that they can really lean on like this year we sold more chains and cassettes that you know it was just it was crazy how many chains wow. and cassettes we sold this year because they, they got it and they got behind it and they got behind measuring the tools. And, you know, it was like, it was, it was great. Cause I'd be in the back of the shop and I'd hear them, you need a chain and cassette. And and the people would, you know, they would kind of, they'd go for it, you know? And I was like, wow, man, they're, they're banging away on chains and cassettes this year. And uh, you know, and it's like, it's noticeable, like it's even noticeable in the, in the recycling, you know, pile and the bin and uh, you know, with all the, all the metal that, that, you know the piles, cool, man. piles business, of chains and cassettes business is happening that's good yeah yeah it's great I, I mean it you know it it really it increases the ticket price by quite a bit you know if you're your tune-ups let's say a 100 bucks and then you're adding you know another 50 dollars for a chain and cassette plus some extra labor for installing all of that plus a tire plus a you know set of grips all of a sudden that it's not a 99 dollars tune-up anymore you know it's well over two hundred dollars, and so. to be
0: and to be fair, I mean you're doing a good service to the customer too, because if you need a chain, you know getting a chain is great. <laughs> like having a new chain and a cassette because they wear together. Like yeah, that makes that makes the riding like your shifting is smooth and crisp. Like you're just going to enjoy the bike so much more. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's what we talked about. I think in in a prior show, you know the the customer's gone through all the trouble of bringing the bike down to the bike shop. You know, and it's very, and it's, it's not enjoyable to drag a bike out of your house and put it in a car and bring <laughs> it to the bike shop. You know, for the average person, it's a real pain lo- in the butt.
0: I love how you told me last time, like, they got it in, but they couldn't get it they out. They can't get it out.
1: Yeah, they, they jam it in there. And even I, you know, it's like, even I have to go and figure out, like, how did you get, uh, did you do the wheel, front wheel first? How did you do it? And, you know, they'll twist the whole, they'll twist the whole front end and, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, and so like coming to that understanding of and just like realizing, wait a second, you know, these people have gone through a lot of trouble to bring the bike down. You're not, you know, I, I try to be a nice person, so I'm not trying to just sell them everything, but you know, in some cases they need everything, you know, and it's just like they, they do, they need tires and they need a chain and cassette and they need grips and, you know, and they obviously like riding cause they've worn all this stuff out, And so when you make them understand that, you know, that they, that it's going to make them, you know, it's going to make them more comfortable and it's going to work better. And, you know, I, I've, I've really, you know, hammered on that. It's like, Hey man, you ride a lot. You really enjoy this. This is the one thing that you obviously ride. I can tell when you, when someone rides a bike, um, you know, treat yourself, you know, and I mean, you can
0: almost, you can almost guarantee
1: it, right? Like you're going to just enjoy this bike so much more now. Yeah. Yeah. and, 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 for, and we hear back from people all the time, you know, where they come back. They're all go, like, oh my god, this is so great, you know. Like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I told you, man. I was like, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, and they then and they really, you know, they they like it. You know, I mean, it. For some pe- for some people it stings because they're coming in thinking they're going to get a tune up for, you know, whatever a yeah. hundred bucks, and you know they end up spending two fifty, you know, and, you know because they needed a bunch of stuff on their on their bikes, but. You know, by, but if they
0: but, but if they ride that the whole year and then the year yeah. after, I mean, mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna pass by quickly. And you think of all the other crap people spend, you know, Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> you oh think yeah, of all yeah. that. Some yeah. people drop a hundred bucks; they don't think about it. And then for the bike, they're like a hundred dollars. It's like, well, yeah, dude, you're gonna be on this thing like five,
1: ten hours a week. Well, yeah, they think about it as a toy. So you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. That's always been the problem in the bike industry is that the the bike was always considered a toy for some, you know, for a large part of the population so so not to go off
0: topic yeah because i love i always love talking about your shop because i i kind of live vicariously through you as a shop owner um but uh speaking of chains so i think i showed you or you saw on my instagram or i've talked about it but i've gotten into
1: waxing chains and mm. it's been
0: it's been kind of a game changer
1: yeah you, you, and uh, is this for your on your cross bike or is it both okay road and
0: cross. So, um, I won't go on about it, but, uh, and I won't be an evangelist, but I no. really, r- I really, really like the chain waxing And I, who knows what will happen in the future, but mm-hmm. I, I really can't see going back to not waxing my chain. It's just so nice. And it's just so great. And like every, there's no downside. Um, and so I'm just, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And That's it's, salt- it's, 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 it's made my cycling like a few percent better. Huh? Which is kind of a lot, right? Like usually something gets point zero zero, you know, decimal places. But like it's it's made by cycling. Like I might go as bold to say it's five percent better. It's just I'm not saying like faster. Mm -hmm. Joe,
1: whoa, Danny, I had a bit Uh, of a
0: you froze there. I don't know if it was me or you, but you froze on my side.
1: Yeah, I, I think we had a small power outage. Here in uh, the southwest suburbs. I, I
0: can't tell because you have your cabin background with all the lights
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I think that there was a, I think a little bit of a. Yeah, there, the lights went out. The internet went out for a second. And,
0: There's so uh, many lights on our screen uh, backgrounds for mm-hmm. the Google Hangouts. That I'm like, oh, I can see the lights going out. Everything yeah. okay? Everything okay now?
1: I believe so. I, I mean, I hope that that first part of the show. It looks like I restarted the the recording and uh and it's at podcast number 2 so i I'm, I'm i'm hoping that the oh first God. half of the show is saved otherwise you know oh no and we can move we'll continue forward and pretend like you know, i hope fingers crossed that we have a first part of this uh podcast and and if not then we're starting a new one right now <laughs> oh jesus christ and people missed out on a really good it's going to be incredibly chat. short then yes <laughs>
0: Yes. Anyway, I was I was just talking about how I started waxing my chain, which I realize sounds like kind of an elitist thing, but
1: no, um, you know what it sounds it sounds. I don't think that we've ever had. I don't have a problem with people waxing their chains, or you know, it's just like it takes a lot of effort, you know, like time and effort to it does, for it does someone to first, do that
0: at first. At first, but yeah. once you do, once you do it once. Mm-hmm then you're, you're golden. So it depends on how you do it. And I won't go into all the SOX So what's here, this? system? Right
1: t- well, yeah, you know, let's, let, let, let's go into it a little bit. What's this? Are you using a particular system? Is this Silka or one of those? Who, yep. who is this? It's Silka, right? I know you like the Silka yeah. brand. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i like silka i mean honestly the they're the only one i really know i'm sure there's others of course but Uh it's only it's only one i know they're big in the u.s and they're big in cycling and have been for a long time and now they got that guy i think josh he runs it he used to be at sram but he's into all kinds of interesting stuff um but uh yeah so i use the silka i think it's called the hot wax super silka hot wax melt whatever it's called but it's like in this like Decent size, like plastic bag. It looks like a sous vide bag. Like you can like drop it into, um, a boiling pot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I did it the first time with my road bike. But the other way to do it, which is the more quote, like pro way to do it, if you will, um, is you dedicate, uh, an Pot to waxing your chain. Really? Yeah, so like, that's what I that's what I've done. You have a dedicated
1: Instapot
0: just for your bike chain? Yeah, so I posted it on my Instagram last week, um, and actually Silka reposted it on their uh, on their handle their uh-huh. Instagram. But um, yeah, Sarah, let me do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we we had one, and you know I think you can get them now for like fifty bucks. So. Uh-huh. It's not nothing, but, you know, it's it's not too big an investment. And you know those, like, um, metal uh, pots that slip into the Instapot? Yeah, yeah. You know, those themselves only cost, like, a few bucks. Okay. So, you're, you know, but I'm actually just dedicating it. The re- the reality is, I think, for like, a lot of people, we don't really use our Instapot that much. Really? So, it's kind of, like, sitting in our pantry. So, anyway, b- bottom line is um, you pour the... um contents of the bag right into the instapot you heat it up on uh crock pot mode so like low low temp you don't want it to get too hot because it could actually catch fire <laughs> um so you keep it under 200 degrees and i have a little thermometer um that we use for cooking to monitor that but the bottom bottom line is it's very very easy the first part it takes a little bit because you have to watch the video you got to c- kind of see the bells and whistles and uh, the do's and don'ts rather and that sort of thing but um you basically melt the wax; mm-hmm. it gets it gets uh, you know totally liquid form, um, and then you take your chain off your bike, you pop it off, and uh, you. I just use like a coat hanger, but you can use uh, a spoke. An old spoke. I actually didn't have an old spoke, which I was kind of embarrassed about. I'm like, as a cyclist, I should have old t- toe straps and old spokes lying around. Um, I'll give you but, a big pile of them, Danny. I got them. I've been collecting I'll all take, that
1: stuff the last time. Ta-
0: I'll, take, I'll take a few. Uh, but basically, you just use that to you know, catch the chain. Uh, so it's kind of tidy. You but, know? So, uh, so it's, not like it's all you, over
1: it. Do you wash you, your chain first? Do you have to clean and wash it and like prep it before yeah. you dip it?
0: Yeah. So you okay. should uh, wash it uh, as best you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one method that I really love is I use an old pickle jar, mm-hmm. just use any old glass jar and uh, pickle jar is kind of perfect size, I think, but you basically pour in degreaser, mm-hmm. um, just like a half inch or an inch, uh, a, a couple fingers. Um, and then you put in the chain, uh, put the, uh, lid on and then just like shake it, agitate it. Um, you'll see the, uh, degreaser get black very fast. Even if you have a pretty clean chain, just cause there's so much stuff in the chain mm-hmm. that you don't, that you don't see, um, you rinse and repeat three times and maybe more if you need it, but you'll still get more dirt coming out. Mm-hmm. Finally, after like three times, um, then you kind of, uh, I just like rinse it with some water and then you like dry it as best you can. So I actually dried it very vigorously with some, some, um, Use the, those tile, those, uh, use those special towels. Um uh, what are they called? The microfiber towels. Mm-hmm. You get like big bags of them, but, um, use those, not like a regular towel or a paper towel. Cause like everything gets in the chain otherwise, uh, but use the microfiber tile. Um, and then I use the hairdryer and I went over it with dryer, So it as clean as I could possibly get it. Then you drop it in. Um, uh, and then you, 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 uh, it's already, you know, heated the wax, of course. So you don't have to have it in there very long, actually. So I forget how long, I think I kept in there like 10 minutes. Um, and then you kind of keep agitating it, uh, periodically move it around, uh, kind of as if you were like stirring pasta or something, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, then you just like take it out. You let it drip a little bit to get most of the wax off. There's kind of like some details about when to pull it out and, and that sort of thing, which mm. you can see on and the video they have, but basically it's pretty straightforward, really. Um, You take it out and then you like hang it um, and then it cools off and you're basically done. So then you take the chain off the spoke um, and it's going to be kind of like hard because, you know, it's wax like a candle. So um, you basically, I wrap it around our railing in the back uh, on the back deck. And I just do kind of like back and forth to loosen up the chain and like the big chunks of wax come off. Um, but it's basically ready to go. You put it back on the chain. I use a new, I have a SRAM chain, so I just use a new power link. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like to re reuse those. You're not supposed to, I guess. So, um, clip it back on and you're good to go. And then, but anyway, the point is it's, it's really nice. Um, and then you just keep that Instapot. You just unplug it, let it cool, cover it, put it back where you had it. I keep it in a little cabinet
1: and, um, Oh, and it's just Every, hard. It just sits in there and then when you need yeah. it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you just heat it up and it heats up like in five minutes.
1: How often do you wax? So it's a good <laughs>
0: good good question.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so I think that um I just re- I just waxed my cross chain, my circle cross chain a second time. Uh it kind of depends a little bit on conditions, but I think if I'm not mistaken, the the going <clears throat> uh it's under a thousand. It's under a thousand miles. I want to say it's like around six to 800 miles, mm-hmm. kind of kind of depending on, you know, some conditions. Like obviously cyclocross can get a little gnarly. Um, the one slight caveat I would say is, even though I said there's really no downside, um, it's, it's admittedly not great for wet, like wet, hardcore, like muddy conditions mm-hmm. on the regular. Uh, but you can get away with it if you're not, doing it a lot. And you also clean your, wipe your chain down after an event. So that's what I've been doing. I've had no issues. Um, but it's like six, let's say six, to 800 miles. Um, they sell a separate project, uh, product. Uh, it's like a lube, uh, it looks like a creamy kind of lube. Um, and that you can, uh, drip onto the, uh, roller bearings on the chain. Um, and then you kind of massage it in with your fingers. That's like a good in between waxing kind of treatment uh which prolongs it. So if you find your chain like losing a little bit of the wax or it's getting maybe a little raspy or, or something like that, you can kind of add that without having to um do a full waxing. But again, the waxing once you have it all set up, it takes 15 minutes,
1: and 20 the, minutes. The standard degreaser will clean the old wax off and then allow you to rewax. Is that what kind of No, you that's you...
0: that's the beauty. You just take it off and dump it in. Really? Yep, even with the dirt
1: and stuff on there,
0: because the way the wax works, mm-hmm. I don't know all the science behind it. Josh is like a total science guy. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you watch the video and his this articles can explain it, but it uh, doesn't allow that dirt in. Is the way it works? It can't mm-hmm. really penetrate. So um, yeah, the guidance is just take the wax chain off as long as it's been done properly the first time, mm-hmm. um, and then just drop it in. And then it's just going to wax again. And that that's the beauty of it. So that's why it only takes like 15, 20 minutes.
1: So, what, like, like, if you're looking at your chain, let's say after you've ridden it 10 times, you know, does it look dirty or does it stay no. pretty clean? It, it stays clean. That, it does, that's the thing. really. Yeah. It does, yeah. huh? Wow. I'm looking
0: at it right now. It stays clean. The cassette is clean. Hmm. So there's, yeah, there's no grease. There's no uh, lube. Um, it's, you know, so I use that term. Uh, carefully um mm-hmm. not loosely I, I i it's it's kind of a game changer like it is so quiet that's the first thing you notice and i think i told john really? very, i i'm very like
1: see this into, is like, the, this is a kind bike. of silly thing that i'd love to do at the bike shop and just charge a ridiculous amount of money for.
0: <laughs> well they so, so I, the I also I, sells pre-wax chains really so uh i just watched a video with carrie warner who's a, um, a pretty top high level Gravel rider, former cross rider. I think he gave up cross. But anyway, he, um, he was talking in his video, just kind of randomly started saying, oh, and I have my wax chain. I'll, I'll put that on for the race tomorrow. I'm like, oh, he's doing it too. So yeah, so you can order uh, a wax chain. They have SRAM, they have Shimano, and they just send it to you and you can put it right on your bike. So people will take that uh, new chain and just bring it to like a race and they just put it right on. So if they're traveling, they don't have to like buy it, uh, or do the waxing. Huh. Um, but it's very, very quiet. It's insanely quiet. Um, It is super efficient. Um, And it's said to be very, very fast compared to like a regular chain. But I think maybe the biggest thing for a lot of people, because, you know, a lot of us aren't racers and stuff, is that um, it lasts, like it makes your chain last like forever. Like you don't have to replace your chain nearly as much as you normally do. And Josh goes into all the reasons why, and he talks about all the, details but if you go read the comments on even just like youtube and like his on the website like the comments people are just converts man they're just like oh i wish i knew about this a long time ago and oh. i do too i do too
1: but I, it's, you very, know, it's I, very nice that's something that's always been around the bike shop the the chain waxing has oh it just you know from as long as i've been hanging around bike shops there's always been a guy, a handful of people that, you know, and it's, it's gone through phases of being a really popular thing to do to being almost non-existent. And now it's, you know, like recently I've started to hear a little bit more about, it, you know, about chain waxing again. And I think a lot of it has to do with all these new people that are riding bikes. They're just like finding all these things that were kind of cool you know niche that not a lot of people did but now it's new to them it's like it's new to a whole new generation of people and a whole new group of of writers and um, it's kind of interesting that it's gaining popularity again or you know that people are starting to to do it act, actively, like now that I, now I know somebody who's doing it again, right? I know it is. like you, you know, of all people. And so it's like, yeah. you know, about, I would say maybe 10, 15 years ago, there was something else that kind of gained popularity. I don't know if it was a national thing, but certainly locally, you know, in the Chicagoland area, there was something called Chanel, uh, which mm-hmm. is like like Chanel. You know, like right, right, right. chain L and it was huh. uh it's kind of a lube thing, you know, it was like a heavy, like a lube and you know, you would heat it and put you know, like warm it up and it was kind of thick and you put your chain in it and like people were doing this in bike shops. Interesting. In it's kind under, of like yeah.
0: a kind of like a lube version of uh mm-hmm. yeah. waxing almost. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, it's funny, like I you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um and you get fed, you know, stuff through the algorithm and all that. Like, I know GCN has done a bunch of videos. A lot of the biggies have done videos on waxing at this point. But I don't know if I saw it on in my Instagram feeds or whatever. But uh, I think maybe Silka gets a little bit of credit for this, too. Because I think maybe they just made it kind of very practical and understandable. Like, mm-hmm. take, t- took some of the mystery, on it, mystery out of it. it. You know, it's not terribly expensive. I think the bag was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks or something. Which you can reuse it, uh, like many, many times that, that wax. So you're not buying like a new bag each time or anything like that. So okay. it's just sitting there in the crock pot. I'll fire it up when I want to uh, wax again. Right now I'm think I'm doing like, I think this one I did like five, 600 miles, but again, that's like cyclocross miles. So riding in the park, riding in the sand, riding in the mud, riding in the dirt. So after a wet ride, like this morning, I went out for a ride, came home it had been raining. Um, and I just took the, I keep a uh, rag down, you know, where I parked my bike and I just wiped the chain. Uh, you don't have to go crazy. You just kind of wipe it, make sure it stays pretty dry. Um, Cause it doesn't like the, the, the wet, it can rust your chain if you're not careful. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, again, for, again, for some people like commuters who commute year round, like maybe this isn't the best way to go. Maybe you do want a wet lube or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I think for my purposes, when I can more or less, Decide when I want to ride outside. Like I have the option to ride inside. Um, anyway, it's great. I, I love it. And and so you I think it's
1: <laughs> and so you wipe the chain down. You get home. You wipe the chain down. Do you do that extra step? Do you have that little bottle of like uh, the the lube? You know that that in between lube or or you don't do any of that stuff.
0: I don't for that purpose. I will use it after some time. Let, let's say I think what happened this time. So you know. I was somewhere between five and 600 miles, which is, that's where Strava is really handy. Mm -hmm. Just records all your rides for that particular bike. Um, and I was able to indicate in my Strava, my Strava gear shed, um, as they call it, I think, um, when I put the wax on the chain, so then I'm able to clock all the miles. Uh, anyway, um, I think I was between five and 600 miles on one wax, one waxing. And then, uh, I think maybe, 250 like roughly halfway through i just you know i could feel it maybe not quite as quiet maybe not quite as smooth still like quiet and smooth compared to other chains yeah. that I've, but like i could sell it wasn't like that brand new wax chain and then i put that on um and if you apply it like the way you're supposed to like you shake the hell out of it put it on the top of the chain and then on the bottom of the chain you know how you apply it to the uh roller bearings and mm-hmm. top and then massage it in with your fingers um so you know it takes takes a little bit to do that but once you do you're kind of like i forgot what it does but it basically almost like renews the wax or or whatever's happening in the process but no that's what i'll do if i notice like it's getting a little bit like okay i think i need to lube it up You a see little a
1: little bit. bit of surface rust or something like that a little yeah
0: older. something like that so but the way he talks about it is he has the chain measure and stuff and He's going on like, what did he say? 10,000 miles on one chain? No way. Really? Yeah. 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 seriously. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but the main thing is like, I hated, hated. I, first of all, I love a quiet chain. I love an efficient chain. Mm -hmm. Um, I love a quiet bike and I hate a loud cassette and clickety clack. (laughs) Um, but I hate the mess. I mean, who 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 really likes it, right? So I hate going through so many rags, wiping down my chain, relubing the chain. Chicago weather, of course, is just gnarly. You come back from those wet rides, your bike is destroyed, your chain, your whole drivetrain's like destroyed. It's, it takes. I don't mind washing my bike, but I don't want to wash it three times a week. You know, it's insane. So the fact that I don't have to do that now is, uh, it's really really nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's really good stuff. He has a couple of videos on YouTube for that waxing in particular, um, but yeah, once once you kind of the first like learning about it and then just doing it for that person definitely takes a little little time. But it's not very expensive, and then once you do it once, you're, you're golden. Like you're set. You just I just bought like a, an extra stash of those like power links for
1: my SRAM chain. Well, I'm all in favor of bringing back all of these old rituals you know all these it reminds
0: like, me of embrocation yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> the old days they would rub vaseline and all this stuff and yeah. whatever whatever the hell else says but now it's like uh you know a lot of cyclocross riders they use embrocation it just kind of reminds me of, it's one of those like weird mysterious kinds of things like you wax your chain like what yep. what is what is that yeah
1: like tying and soldering spokes and <laughs> you know like uh yeah drill man.
0: drillium remember drillium mm-hmm. the eddie Merck's uh drilling holes in his hand oh
1: yeah hard. yeah i'm in favor of bringing back all of that stuff <laughs> anyway, what could go wrong start drilling out uh you know some access systems and stuff like that you know <laughs> so my next
0: thing is uh two questions for you so one i was going to ask you well i'll save that for a second but i, I want to buy a chain uh what do you call a measure like the mm-hmm. wear and tear thing yeah. um do you have one that you really love that you would highly recommend cuz I'm going to I'll buy one.
1: I mean the one that we use for everyday use is the the park one. There's a little, little okay. blue one, you know, with like that one seems I don't know, that one is kind of our go-to, you know. Okay. But there's a couple other ones, you know, I've seen I think we have another one floating around the shop which is more of like a you know, there's no moving parts to it. You just put it on the chain and kind of fit it in there. It's got a little gauge, you know. Yeah, just tell you seventy five percent or one hundred percent. I I think they all they all do the job, but the one that we we use day to day is the Park one.
0: Okay, so. maybe I'll, I'll look at the park one. I have a bunch of park stuff, so I'm gonna look at that. So there's a video where he does it, and he just shows you like he has nowhere on his chain. <laughs> He's uh-huh. just waxing. Wax. He has an old like beautiful like Eddie Merckx road bike.
1: And what um, what kind of tool is he using? Is it just a static one that you like a little stick? I think, it, that you I stick think in it's
0: there? I think it's the static one mm-hmm. where it just like falls in. But yep. Um, yep. if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to double check. One byproduct that I just noticed this week because I I bought a new uh, backup cassette. Mm-hmm. Because I have the uh, SRAM Rival Explorer group, mm-hmm. which, which has that uh, one buy up front and then a big old uh, cassette in back yeah, for yeah. a huge range, like 44 or whatever it is. Um, so I bought uh, a second cassette for uh, my uh, race wheels so that I didn't have to swap the cassette each time. Um, and then I, I can also use that extra cassette on my uh, Zwift hub. Because the Zwift Hub comes with like a regular road cassette. Mm -hmm. My point is that we always say the chain uh, ages with the cassette, right? Well, because this chain isn't really aging, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I put it on... uh, I put the cassette on the race wheels and then I went out for a test ride and um, just shifted perfectly. Like, couldn't tell any difference at all. Whereas I think back in the day, I would have to do some... Some micro adjusting and you know, some moving around because you know it'd be a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as I could tell, that's like a nice byproduct too. Is that the chain is wearing like almost not at all or just like very, very
1: slowly. Mm-hmm. So even putting it on a new cassette. Um you're not having that incompatibility yeah. issue, or certainly not going to have it anytime soon. Um, that way. Yeah. I mean, you you get there's a certain amount of leeway you have with you know, mixing a chain, an older chain with a because with a older, you know, with a new cassette, that's part of what your chain tool will allow you to measure. You know, because like once you get to that 0.75 mark on on those chain stretchers, you know that's kind of the change it now or for over. You know, if you let it go past this point, you're not gonna. You know, you're gonna marry that cassette to the to the gotcha. chain. You know, so that's the that's kind of the whole purpose of chain that checking that chain every once in a while. Because once you get past a certain point and then they're married you know then, yeah, then you that. can't do one without the other but as long as your chain is is good you can go back and forth all you want you know so
0: so that's been it's been a good learning curve for me as i try to teach myself some of the stuff no that's the
1: cool yeah i mean those that, that's you know that's you're you're getting past bicycle 101
0: and i jumped into the niche world of waxing um but yeah like next time we're hanging out um if i have my bike i'll i'll show you like it just, yeah, yeah. It, you it know
1: what? I am. I'm looks curious. Very clean, and you know, yeah. it
0: looks looks very clean and super quiet, and just shifts great. And
1: that's one of those. Yeah. You know what? You just you gave me a good idea for one for a goofy thing to put in my new display cases. You know, like I'll put a you know pre waxed chains. You know, that'll be. I might not sell one, but you know, it'll be there. You know, it's like a I can package it nicely in a little jar or something. You know,
0: it just it's just so nice because. I have like four or five or six different kinds of lubes mm-hmm. that I've collected over the past couple of years. You know, you name it. I probably have it like wet, dry, different brands. Mm-hmm. And um, now I just open my little storage closet and I just see them and I'm like, I haven't touched them in a couple of months. Like it's, it's just so nice. Like I'll keep them for in case I need them, but uh-huh. You actually can't put lube on the wax chains. Like the, that's like the last thing you want yeah, to you do. You
1: want to mix that stuff. So
0: yeah. So it's I don't know. It's just it's very nice. Like I'm not using any rags, and <laughs> hmm. I, I just use one to like wash it off a bit, but it doesn't really get dirty.
1: So. Sure. Or well, you're gonna have to find a reason to use all those lubes. Walk around the house <laughs> and like your hinges, and go down do the car. You just know, like lube just, everything I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Just so <laughs> I'll
0: be like through. Peter Peter Griffin. You know, yeah. when he gets like a new thing, he just uses it like a kid until yeah. it's worn out. Yeah, it just goes. Well, yeah.
1: we'll see, man. Cool, man. Well, you know, I I don't. I don't. We didn't get. We had. We didn't touch on any of the bike. There's not a lot of bike racing stuff going on right now. You know, this is kind of a slow, slow time. I I did catch a little bit of that. Uh, did you see the say the Saitama criterium? Did you see any of that stuff?
0: I saw some funny uh, little clips online. Mm-hmm.
1: There was a so it's like a it, in Japan. This uh, I, I think it's it's like the guys seem to be there for two or three days. Like they do all sorts of events and they're. Dancing Sumo wrestler.
0: They got a store they eat sushi yeah. like they do like the most like yeah i yeah. think it, it, it's fun it's like the tour de france organizes it
1: yeah, yeah. it's like
0: uh it's a way to promote the race and all their other races since they own so many now over there mm-hmm. and they bring like the marquee the top of the top so it's like Vanderpol yeah. was there yeah. and Sagan was there and like they have them race like these like crits and you know they, time
1: trial they do a time trial yeah they, they,
0: and, and and they go you know they kind of have like a quote sprint and uh-huh. you know the the guy who never would normally win a sprint beats these like crazy sprinters it's like a whole like it's like kayfabe like in um wrestling you know it's like uh Everyone knows it's fake, but they play along with it. Yeah, because it's the, or, or fi- the. I hope the locals realize it's fake.
1: The, the final three going in was it was Saigon, uh, it was Pogachar and it like was Sepkoski. Sa- <laughs> Those were the three. They were winding up for the sprint, and then oh, they, God. they dropped. They Sa- they dropped Sagan and then it was Pogachar and and Kus. You know, and, and Pogachar but it, yeah, they seemed like they were having a good time. And I mean, if they were offering me a, if they were offering me a free vacation, and you know, probably fly me for fly me out to Japan where they love me, and you know, I can go one of those cool cat cafes and stuff. You know, I would go out there too.
0: Well, um, I'm sure those writers are getting some really nice cash in their bank accounts. Yeah, too. they're probably getting um, a little something. I'm sure. Yeah. Pretty nice. Just those like show up fees and stuff. But mm-hmm. I remember when I worked at. um well bicycling and maybe a couple other places but i remember like you know we had always had a getty images account Mm -hmm. um and i I remember just like going into uh getty and like just seeing what the recent i always had like a certain uh tab like that how my search criteria said so i could just like click it and it would pull it up like most recent cycling whatever um but i remember like whenever they went to japan for those end of year things it was you know it'd be like there's some really funny ones, like Chris Froome. You know, he's like what five percent body fat, uh-huh. and he's, he's like literally with like two sumo wrestlers, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're where they're in their traditional garb. And yeah. no, there's there's like really really funny stuff. And so I pull like some pictures, and those are always fun. But yeah, it's it's that's the silly season, right? They call it the yeah. Same season so yeah, yeah well. the racing's winding down obviously cyclocross is happening mm-hmm. um so i we're it's really ramping up now i think uh Vanderpool and Wolf van art announced they're going to come back for they haven't race cross yet so they're coming back um by kind of mid-season so like right when the christmas period begins the curse period which is the christmas week where they race pretty much every day from christmas to new year's there's a cyclocross race, and it's kind of like what the Bel- a lot of Belgians do around the holidays is like instead of sitting around the fire, they just go out to a cross race and like mm-hmm. get drunk. <laughs> um, but the uh, two big riders, so they're coming back. But there's been great racing going on with these like, you know, everyone else who's like below them. Let's just say so. Mm-hmm. There's been some really good racing. They had the European Championships last weekend, which was amazing. Um, that was in France and that was really cool They had the Pan Ams here in Missoula, uh, this past weekend, uh, the Pan Am champs, uh, were really good. Um, so yeah, the, the cross seasons like totally, you know, it's uh, under,
1: it's underway, but is this, so these big names, Vanderpool and Woot, they're, they're not racing. Obviously They, they don't, they need a little time off between the road season and, and, you know, full fledged cyclocross season so that that's why they're not you know they're not as present these days and and they're it right i mean those these guys are are the big names on the road and they're also the big names in cyclocross i mean
0: yeah i think for the most right now right yeah for the most part i mean i think that's fair because Mm -hmm. uh as you as you said and i know we've talked before like I think, uh, I think they've both experimented with their, uh, seasons and quote off seasons and, and what have you. But yeah, I think it's pretty clear that, uh, I don't know if they're like texting each other, but you know, I think it's kind of a clear, like, okay, if I'm not racing, maybe you shouldn't race. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just making that up. That may be true. It may not be true, but yeah, they're clearly taking some time off, which mm-hmm. their, their bodies just need to stop racing. Sure, right. Yeah. You yeah. need to rebuild. And so, they're coming back right before Christmas, but yeah, like I think clearly Vanderpool and, and, uh, Wout are, I think for sure the top two still, uh, but it's maybe going to be changing up sooner than maybe people realize. I mean, you have Tom Pitcock, mm-hmm. uh, um, who was world champ. He, he won the world champs when they weren't there. Uh, he still deserved it of course, but, um, it's going to be interesting to see. So hopefully he'll be in the mix. And then there's just a couple riders. We have Tebow nice coming up. He's looking really amazing. And um, then you just have some great riders like uh, Ellie Izabit and um, Cam Mason, this uh, Scottish guy. He took second in the Euro championships and a very, very big uh, podium Hmm. ride. Um, He's a really interesting guy to watch, but yeah, so it's, I I love it. So it's, it's so fun, but yeah, when those guys come back, um, then it's like the real deal for sure. And um, then it's just, lots of racing until world champs, which is in February, uh, which seems like so far away, but I know it's going to come up
1: like super quick. And then but, they'll uh, take another little break and then they're into classic seasons. Wow. Man, those guys are
0: intense. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take some kind of break. I mean, who knows? Sometimes they, you know what they do is they'll keep their form up. They'll do like a double, a double peak mm-hmm. or, or a triple peak. Um, so they won't even taper. They might go into like, uh, you know, um, Pet News Blood or whatever it's called these days. And like Kerner, Brussa Kerner and like all these early season races. Um, and then take a little break after that until like the big, big ones like Flanders and all that. Gotcha. Um, Man. but anyway, so like the other thing I was just going to say is that the U S season is, um, we got three races left in the shy cross cup. So yeah. I'll, be com- I'll be coming down, not this weekend. We're going to Wheeling, but then the weekend after we're going to the quarry, that's Lamont down Illinois. by you. And then we have a break for Thanksgiving, and then we have the last race, which doubles as the Illinois State Champs at Montrose Harbor, uh, early December. So that's gonna be super fun. So I got three races left, but then we have Cross Nats down in Louisville again. And you know what? I was gonna go to spectate, uh-huh. but I have a work trip, so oh. I'm going. To, I'll be in New York City by two days. I'm gonna miss it. So I wanted, I wanted to truck down there and uh, kidnap you and throw you in the car with me. And go down for like two nights to hang out in Louisville and like drink a little whiskey and watch some cyclocross. Oh, but man. but I'm gonna have to miss it for um, this work trip. And the work trip will be really good too. But um, anyway, so that'll be the close. And then yeah, the top riders uh, will go on to Europe, and they they bring they then they begin their whole Euro campaign leading up to Worlds. Um, and then anyone who's maybe not top tier, so that's gonna be the end of their season. And then we have um, what like not even a month until like tour down under <laughs>
1: Man, it is flying man i mean the, <laughs> there's the no stuff, off season there is really no off season i mean it's a, it's going i mean yeah you're right i mean we're a week away from what we're, we've got two weeks three weeks till thanksgiving what is it
0: yeah it's coming up fast uh was it three weeks and then black friday tour, tour and, down and, under, and then, all and sort and then, then and christmas then, Jeez. and then joe's shop opened <laughs> No, stop! You you better get working. You better get, slow, slow you better get cracking, boys. Slow down, Danny. Damn podcast! You better get cracking.
1: Slow down. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, speaking of crack, cracking, we we got a crack, and uh, it's been fun, Danny. Though, see, this is great. Easy peasy uh, and uh, easy peasy.
0: And I hope you can salvage the first half. I hope uh, so.
1: Yeah. If not, you know, <laughs> people get a you know a 30, 35 minute show. And, oh jeez! You know, yeah, you're gonna have to wait for a, us. We uh, had a
0: power outage in wait till case can uh, <laughs> come through. But we'll hopefully you can salvage our amazing uh, convo. And thanks for listening to everyone. Please reach out and
1: uh, we'll talk to you soon, Danny. All right, Joe. Bye. Take it easy.